morning. How's everybody? Good. I'm doing okay. Hey, um, uh, so we did something at the end of the last, or at the 930 service, and then I'm going to do it at the beginning of this service, if you guys will give me just a minute before we jump into the message, because as Mike said, we're wrapping this series up this weekend, but over the last 72 hours, um, things have developed in our world that um, we, we spent some time praying at the end of the service, last service, but I thought this this service, I want us to do this together. Um, as you probably have seen on the news, Israel was attacked in the last couple of days um, by a terrorist organization. Uh, they have dealt with this for the last 75 years or so of being a country. And um, uh, as, as of this morning, the, the death toll is around 600. They expect that to climb pretty significantly and several thousand wounded. Um, and then Israel also declared war this morning. And so uh, things are going to get very bad there. And so I just wanted us, before we started, is to just um, take just a moment just to be praying, uh, certainly Israel, um, but also uh, like friends that we have like in places like Ukraine that have been uh, in this long-term war and uh, believers in places like Afghanistan or China or North Korea that face such uh, hardships every day. And so uh, as we get ready to jump into God's Word and talk this morning about where we've been over this last month looking at our purposes, uh, I think it's important for us to, to focus our hearts and minds on uh, the, the ones that are hurting right now and uh, in need of intervention. So let's just take a moment and then I'll pray for us and then we'll jump into the message. Father, we know that you know better than anyone the hurts of this world, the brokenness, the darkness, especially in the lives of those that are missing from your story. But Father, we, we face at times very real, um, significant threats, hurts, even death at the hands of those who would commit evil. And so, Father, first of all, I just pray for your hands of comfort and mercy and peace to settle over that area and, and areas of the world all, all over, Father, where conflict happens. And that there would also be a return to you, Father, for those who have um, stepped away from you. That there would be a recognition of your authority and your power over all. Father, I, I know that there are so many that are hurting this morning. And Father, I just pray for your comfort for them. I pray that we, as your followers, as believers in your Son, who gave everything for us, may we be your hands and feet. May we step in and help where we can and pray in times when we cannot. Father, may our hearts this morning be turned to you, to be focused on you and where you would have us go, what you would have us experience. As we invest this time this morning, Father, in following in the footsteps of your son, Jesus. This is our prayer together, Father. We say these things in your precious son's name. Amen. Well, thank you. I'm, 
This is, as Mike said, this is our last week of our series that we are going to be uh, investing in our purposes as a church, at least investing in talking about them. Hopefully, we're all going to be living these out. What we've walked through over the last four weeks, um, we started that first week and I told you that we were starting with the ending first. That was kind of the big picture of what the purposes do. Then the last three weeks, each week we spent talking about each of the three purposes and this morning is the ending again. So this is like ending 2.0 since we started at the end. But if you missed any of the weeks uh, of this series or literally any, any message or uh, worship service over the last m- multiple years, you can always go on our website um, and uh, click up at the top. You'll see where it says um, the messages are available. You can go back and rewatch them. But I would really encourage you uh, to listen through uh, what this series was specifically, because it, it, it gives you a really clear picture of what Eastside's about, and really even a bigger picture of what being a Christ follower is about, because that's what our purposes are really focused on. For us as a church body, is following in the footsteps of Jesus, living our lives as he lived his. And, and I thought this morning, as we were ending the series, it would be fun to do something a little bit different than what we normally do. And so if this is your first weekend and you came in and said, Oh my gosh, this church makes us wear name tags. We very rarely do this. So, I mean, I think this might be our inaugural name tag weekend. I really like it, though, because I like for people to know my name. I get called the wrong name all the time. Most of the time, those names are not appropriate even. And so, this helps me. Um, But uh, we we won't do it every weekend, but we occasionally might bring this back depending on the response but there is a purpose for these i'll wait till we get to the end of the message today and tell you exactly what that purpose is going to be because i know all of you are thinking what's he going to do he's tricking us somehow i promise it's not it's not a big deal it'll be fun but um for me this morning what i wanted to make sure that we could leave this series with what we could leave uh this building with today is to make sure that we all really understand Uh, the overall reason, the overarching reason that we have these purposes that we pursue as a church. And so I'm going to give you just kind of three basic things to remember about why the purposes are important and why we spend a lot of time throughout the year focusing on what each of these means. So the first reason the purposes are important is that God does not give suggestions. That may sound kind of weird. God does not give suggestions. That is something we experience a lot in life, that people will suggest things to us, and sometimes you know that they're really kind of strongly suggesting something. God doesn't do that. God does not do suggestions. He, he gives directives. No ifs, ands, or buts. No, if you think about doing it this way, great. If you have another way, okay, that's all right too. None of that. God is big about directives. And it's not because he's some authoritarian figure that just enjoys putting his thumb on us. It's not. It's because he knows better about what is good for us as his creation. And so he gives these directives. And the ones that we call purposes, loving God, loving people, building relationships, and being a difference maker in the world, man, these are all directives that God has given us. And over the last several weeks, I have given you a ton of scripture to back that up. This morning, 
We're only going to have one passage that we're going to look at today. And so again, if you're brand new here and you leave and say, man, that was weird. He only did one, one passage of scripture the whole morning. That won't be normal. But it's because over the last four weeks, we have invested a lot in trying to find these passages that really point us to God's calling for our lives. So this morning, you're, you're only going to leave with one, and it's one we've talked about almost every week in this series. But here's the truth about these directives that we call purposes. This is the truth about them. If we're not following what we call our purposes, then we are purposefully disobeying God. Let me tell you and say that one more time. If we as God's followers, if, if we as his people, if we are not following his directives, then we are purposefully choosing to disobey him. That's a hard thing, I think, at times to hear. Because it makes it feel like that I'm making some kind of accusation that uh, people walk around with malice towards God of like, I'm not doing what he tells me. And you say, oh, that's not me. Man, I'm not that way. I'm not making an accusation. But I am giving you a simple fact. If we don't follow the directives that God has given us, the purpose that he has given us in living our life on this planet, then yes, we are purposefully disobeying him. And so that's that first aspect of why these purposes are important. The second one, and, and you might be thinking, uh, maybe you've kind of thought this through the whole series, that man, okay, I get these purposes, I understand it, but good grief, Jason, my life, if you knew how busy my life was, you're really trying to add stuff, and I don't have margin, I don't have time, I don't have finances, I don't have resources, I don't have the ability to do these things, and you just won't stop talking about it. You might think about our purposes and have that feeling that it just seems like more work like too much on top of an already busy life. But, 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 that could not be further from the truth. That could not be further from the truth, and that is true about all of God's word. The directives that God has given us all through scripture, he's not giving them just because he wants to see if he can add one more thing to your plate. One more thing to your busy, hectic schedule. One more thing to the, the stuff that you already have a hard time taking care of. He doesn't give you these directives because he wants one more thing. He gives you the directives that we have in his word because of all those things that you have already on your plate. Because God's word is designed to make our lives better, to make it easier to have guardrails that we know keep us out of danger. These purposes that we pursue as a church, they will bring encouragement. Yes, certainly to the people that you invest time in, of course it'll bring encouragement for them, but I promise you this, it will bring encouragement to you. Man, your, your life, I promise you this, I can literally give you this as a guarantee that as you start to fulfill God's calling in your life, as you start living these purposes out every day, it will not make you feel like you have too much to deal with. It will make your life more full. 
It will bring you blessings that you cannot imagine. It will bring you peace and comfort beyond anything that you would ever be able to experience on your own. It brings you truly a fullness to your life. That's, again, if you're new here, one of the things that we do uh, most years, we have kind of an overarching uh, series that we do that goes for the full year. This year, it was live life to the fullest. That was the idea behind it. Not you trying to find things that you enjoy more and have more fun. It's understanding how God's word, when we live it out, we experience a fullness that we would never give up for anything. And that we never experienced before putting our full faith and trust in God. So that's the second one. The third, the final reason that these purposes are so important that we talk so much about them, and this is the one that honestly as believers should keep us moving every day, should get us out of bed with a lot of excitement and joy in our life, is that lives depend on us following these purposes. That's the third one. That's what should be a motivator to us. There are literally lives depending on these purposes being lived out by the followers of God. Now, that you may hear that and say, gosh, that is very melodramatic, Jason. You are, that is way, you've gone way too far. But here's the thing. If you believe the same thing that I believe, that Jesus is the son of the living God, that he died on a cross for our sins, that what he said from his lips is truth, 100%. And he said, no one goes to the Father except through Jesus. Then that statement could not be more true. Lives are depending on us introducing them to Jesus. Every person that you love, every person that you know is depending, their life is depending on us sharing this good news with everyone because it is a life-changing relationship with Jesus. And if there is one thing that believers have struggled with consistently over the last 2,000 plus years since Jesus was put on that cross, it is sharing good news. That is one thing consistently over all this time that has been so hard for people is sharing the good news of Jesus. Now, I can tell you, my life, I sort of divide into two halves, kind of. Um, one half has now been as, this, as a pastor the last 21 years. And, and that idea about not sharing the good news of Jesus with people is kind of confounding to me and kind of in my pastor brain because I, I enjoy talking about Jesus with people. But when I think about my life prior to ministry, I kind of have one of those moments where I'm like, oh yeah. Because I remember, man, I, I can't think of anyone that I've really invited into my life as a Christ follower. 
that I would invite to church with me. I mean, some people might hear that and say, well, Jason, I mean, church, that church service is not what saves people. And I I agree with you. Only one thing saves, and that's Jesus. But a church service is a great introduction to tell friends and family and neighbors and coworkers and classmates who Jesus is and how much God loves us and what his word is saying to us every day. It was a a couple of years after I first went into ministry. Um, 9-11, like for so many people, was probably kind of a catalyst of of change that we made in our lives at that time. I had been for over a year talking with a a pastor of a large church um, in southern Indiana, and all all that year-long kind of process with him was like, man, you're supposed to be in ministry. You should come work here, be in ministry. And and I just sort of kept pushing it off, but I did finally make that decision. And then in December of 2001 is when I entered into full-time ministry at that church. And it was a couple of years after being in ministry that uh, I met a guy that had started attending this church where I was working. And man, I will tell you, he's one of those guys that you meet and you instantly like. I mean, we all have people like that. Like, I'm that person for probably most of you. Just kidding, kidding, kidding. (laughs) I am likable, though. I really am. But um, I, I remember when I talked to him, I was like, man, this guy is awesome. I'm going to be him when I grow up. You know, it was like that kind of feeling like, where are we going to go next? <laughs> you know, like I'll do, I want to go, I want to go do something fun with you. And, um, but he just like magnetic, like people just like being around him. And, and, um, he told me that, um, uh, he was new in the area. He had just moved there actually from someplace else. Like some, I think he was out on the West coast or something, moved to Indiana, gloriously beautiful Indiana from gloriously beautiful California. But um, he, he was uh, moved there for his job, but he said, here's the thing. He's like, I'm only going to probably be here maybe a year, a year and a half at the most. He said, this is what I do. He worked for this Fortune 500 company. They have offices all over the world. And what he was was kind of like a fixer. And so the corporation would send him to regions where they sensed either trouble or they weren't making their, the numbers that they expected. And so he would move and he moved a lot. I think when he came to Northside where I was at then, it was like his seventh or eighth time of doing this. And he said the first thing for him, anytime he goes to one of these new areas, he said it is literally his first priority. He wants to find a church. And he's like, it's got to be a church where I know I can get plugged in and get involved and get connected. He said, because it is that important to me, especially because I don't know anybody in Indiana. He's like, so that was my number one priority. He said, I love my job, but he said, I will tell you, man, it is, it's hard to like make lasting friendships, let alone romance. I mean, he wasn't married would be certainly hard if he was. But the thing that I noticed about him, man, he immediately jumped in. He didn't just attend. He got involved right away. I think like that very first week there was this big men's event and he went like by himself, like just showed up. 
he got involved in a, a small group and and he'd been there just a couple of months, but I felt like even just in a couple of months, he was like one of the most well-known, well-liked person in this gigantic church that we were a part of. Now, you could hear that and say, well, personality is definitely a part of that. That's probably why he's successful in that, in that business. And that's true. He, he's just one of those guys that never meets a stranger, can have a conversation with anybody. But the thing is, I've known a lot of outgoing people that have tons of friends, like either at work or school or outside the church, but when they're in church, they're kind of different. They come in and sit down and listen to music, listen to the sermon, take the communion, and head out to their car and go home. You know, it's kind of like that persona that during the week is wearing the torn jeans and the Iron Maiden t-shirt, but then on Sunday morning, they wear the press dockers and the button-down shirt and slick their hair down. That's not who this guy was. He wanted to get plugged in and get involved because for him, it was a way to connect. So one day he and I were talking, we grabbed coffee, and I asked him this question because I, I too had not always been in ministry and I'd been in the corporate world like he was and, and I was really fascinated with the way that he looked at things. And so I asked this guy this question over coffee. I just said, this, this is something that has driven me nuts. Why do you think it is that people have a hard time, especially maybe somebody like you, it's really outgoing, knows a lot of people. Why do they have such a hard time inviting somebody to come to church with them? And then on the other hand, a lot of times guys like you maybe that move or, you know, go to new areas, they don't, the last thing they think about is church because, man, it's hard. Like even in a friendly church, like to walk in and be the new person that you're by yourself. Why is that so hard on both sides of that? He did not even miss a beat. It was like he did not even hardly take a breath to answer this question. He just said one word expectation. He said, it's, it's 100% about expectation. He, he went on to kind of explain what he thinks and why he said that word. He said, expectation is what makes it hard on both sides. And this is how he explained this. This is probably, honestly, even of all the books that I've ever read, anybody else that I've talked to, this still stands out to me as the best answer and explanation. He said, for many people, when they think about inviting somebody, maybe somebody they know well, like a neighbor or a coworker, or maybe somebody they don't know real well, but they'd like to get to know them better, when they're thinking about inviting them, they have a preconceived ex uh, expectation in their mind. They expect the person they're thinking about asking, they are expecting them to say no. And nobody wants to be told no. Because it's embarrassing. You're afraid it'll make the friendship weird. And so a lot of times he said people just don't do it. And he said, but then on the flip side, those new people that are coming into a church, they also have expectations. They walk into the church expecting something in their mind. Maybe, you know, for them it's that they grew up in church. They went to church as a kid and, and, and it kind of turned them off from church. And, I, you know, I was, I kind of had in my head, I was like, well, yeah, that definitely rings true for me. But uh, what exactly what do you mean by that? And he said, well, think about it. He said, I don't think people 
necessarily um, do this on purpose, but you know, as you're raising your kids or your grandkids or your family, whatever it is, you tell these little ones all of their childhood, you got to wear your best clothes, you got to sit up straight, don't talk in the middle of the service, don't be distracting, put that candy away, stop doodling on the paper, pay attention to what the preacher is saying, fear God and hush your mouth. Right? I mean, that is an experience that a lot of times we maybe have as kids, and that carries through in our life. And so this idea gets planted unintentionally that life with God has to be different than the rest of our life. But the reality that we should be sharing and communicating with everyone is that there is no part of life without God. Regardless of whether or not someone believes in God, they are experiencing him every day from the ground that they walk on and the breath that they breathe into their lungs. Everything that we have is God's. There is no part of life without God in it. Now that conversation with him has stuck with me. I think about that conversation often, honestly. I, maybe not so much about the actual um, conversation over coffee, but the substance of it. And I've thought about it in my own life, how that was part of my view of God. It was part of my relationship with God. It was part of my expectation of what it meant to invite someone or what it meant for me to go to a new church. But the funny thing, as I have looked back at my life, again, as I think about these two halves, the half that rebelled and pushed away from God and the, the place that I am now of like saying, man, I want to live every day for him, is when I treated my life like something was different, that Sundays were different than the other six days of the week, that I went to church on Sunday because of pressure, because I, I felt like I was supposed to. My relationship with God was very distant, non-existent. But once I started jumping in, once I made that decision that, man, this is what I need to do, this is where I need to be, this is who I need to be, getting connected, being involved, loving people. Uh, as I also said, I love God, building relationships inside the walls and outside the walls of the church building, striving every day to be a difference maker in the places that I could. Everything changed for me. I went from dreading those 70 minutes or so on Sunday mornings to it being a time of encouragement, of seeing friends that I care for, people like you that are more than friends for me, that are family. Being able to spend time caring for them as they care for me. Seeing lives changed as my life has changed. What if these purposes became something for us that changed our expectations? Those expectations that my friend said all those years ago about these purposes, about these directives that God has given us. That living them out every day changed from being, well, I guess I'll do it if I have to, 
to be more about, man, I love doing this because it's exactly who Jesus was. I want to look like Jesus. And I want these people that I love, these friends that I love, these neighbors that I love, these coworkers that I love, these classmates that I love, I want them to know Jesus because I want to be in heaven in eternity with them. Because I can tell you right now, the way that Jesus lived his life, he loved people. He built relationships with people. And he made a difference every opportunity that he had. And I promise you, it was not because of an obligation. It was because he saw it as a privilege. So as we wrap this series up this morning, I'm gonna give you that one passage of scripture that I said I would tell you again. We talked about it the first week. We talked about it almost every week through the series. It is the foundational scripture that is kind of in our middle purpose on that build relationships, but it really touches all three. And even more importantly, it touches the pursuit and the the importance of following these directives from our Father. It's found in Hebrews chapter 10, and it's two verses. Starts in verse 24. It says, let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. I, I will tell you, that is, that's one of the most powerful passages in the Bible because it sums everything up in those two short verses. Stir one another up to love, to making a difference. Don't neglect spending time together, relationships. Because remember that Jesus is coming back. And it is probably sooner than any of us can imagine. I believe that time is short. What that means, I don't know. But I know that we're closer to it every day. Time is short and there are so many that are still desperate to know God, to meet him through his son, Jesus. And so it is time for us as the church to engage and to be those ambassadors of heaven that we are called to be. That's where these name tags come in this morning. Again, we won't do these every weekend, I promise. I don't have the budget for that, first of all, but. But this is our inaugural name tag weekend, and we'll do, them, we'll do them from time to time probably. But it's a reminder that all of us have some things in common. First, we all have a name. Like I said, I like to wear this on my shirt because I get called other names, not some that are not so nice that shouldn't be said in church. I'm not looking directly at any of you, but you know. I don't believe <laughs> You could, you should, but that's the first thing we have in common. We all have a name. The second one, every person in this place that has one of these name tags, they also carry with them every day the names of friends, loved ones, family, neighbors, coworkers, classmates, 
people that they meet, people that they feel drawn to, people that they feel repulsed by. They all have the names of others who are desperate to know Jesus. Even if those people don't yet know what they're desperate for, they're missing from the story of God. And we should take that as a privilege that we get to introduce them to Jesus. So we're gonna wrap up this morning and this name tag will play an important part because I don't want you to leave here today until you do one thing and that's meet someone else that's wearing a name tag. Don't try to find some loophole and introduce yourself to your husband or your wife. That does not count. I want this to be talk to somebody that you don't know well, maybe that you've never spoken to. Introduce yourself, tell them, tell them something about yourself, super quick and easy. I'm not talking about life story stuff. It could be something like, you know, hey, my favorite place to eat around here is Cracker Barrel. What about you? Oh, yours is Cracker Barrel too? That's awesome. Maybe you don't want to talk about food. Maybe you could just say, hey, my favorite pastor in the world is Jason. And they say, oh my gosh, mine too. It's so easy. I mean, that's the thing. Like these are easy conversations we're talking about. But the important part is, is before you walk away, tell each other, I'm gonna be praying for you this week, John, Jill, Lucy, David, Bruce, Johnny, Jason, whoever. I'm gonna be praying for you and I'm gonna be praying for who you invite. Now, we wanna make that part easy as, as much as we can and so starting next week, we have a brand new series. It's called Relationship Reset. And you, you hear that and you think, well, oh my gosh, we've just been talking about a lot of relationship stuff. Well, we wanted to have a series that would be easy for you to invite a friend to. And so we thought, man, that's a great one because who doesn't deal with relationship stuff? Parenting, uh, marriage, single life, all of these things. And so it's an easy thing to invite somebody and say, hey man, I know... I know you've been struggling with what's going on with your kids and, and I just want you to know we're starting this new series next week and I'd love for you to come with me, sit with us. We can go to Cracker Barrel after. It's my favorite. <laughs> but just to have that opportunity because the thing is, is as many people are here today or watching at home online, there are equal numbers and even greater who are missing from the story of our father and that should break our heart every day. I love you guys. I'm so thankful for you. I'm going to do uh, what we normally do together. I'm going to invite you to stand up. We're going to sing a final song here in just a second. I'm going to pray for us. But just remember, after that song ends, don't leave here until you've talked to one or two people, shared your info, like just name, and I'm praying for you. And trust me, I'm going to be watching. No, I'm kidding. I trust you because I love you guys. So. But let's pray and then we'll sing this final song. Father, thank you for today and thanks for this opportunity that we have to invest in our life with you and our pursuit of you through your son, Jesus. I pray for each and every person present here today, Father, that your hands are around them, that you're breathing new life into them every morning, that you're bringing encouragement where there is brokenness. And that now, Father, that you will instill in them a new passion, a desire, to see everyone that we know come to know you. Father, thank you for this day and every day. 
We pray all of these things in the precious name of your son, Jesus, and everyone who believes, shout it, amen.